All right, take your Bible tonight, please. Turn to Psalm 13. Psalm 13 uh, in your Bible tonight, please. We sang uh, Fanny Crosby's uh, song, Take the World, uh, But Give Me Jesus. And I pray, uh, Lord, that you help us all to have the same desire to leave behind the things of the world and to be increasingly more interested in things of God, to have a hunger and thirst for his righteousness as we saw in the Beatitudes this morning in Matthew 5. Uh, tonight we're in uh, Psalm 13, Psalm 13, and um, I'll give you a, a quick introduction here. Psalm 13, uh, we find David again despairing in the beginning of the psalm and delighting in the second half of the song. Now, uh, you probably guess what comes in the middle. If we meet uh, David despairing, initially, and then we find him delighting, uh, you, can, you can take it to the bank. There's, there's going to be some kind of positive spiritual response, some kind of God-honoring, uh, godly, God-honoring response uh, to difficulty, to the despair that follows difficulty. And uh, I'll give you another D in the middle tonight, David's prayerful devotion. We'll see that. Uh, he was uh, as he often was in a difficult situation. I'm not sure, as we often say, what exactly the historical context is. It could be uh, the situation with Absalom, his son, and the insurrection of Absalom. Uh, it could be the flight from Saul. I don't know, uh, but I do know that God allowed David to experience various difficulties. By the way, uh, by the way, some of, one of the reasons that God may have allowed that, of course, I understand it's for our instruction that we can see David's response, but um, in David's own life, God may have allowed him to experience so much difficulty, Brother Ray, in part uh, because of the sin with Bathsheba, right? I mean, his life was not a perfect life, neither is ours, of course, but uh, that, that's, a, that's a real possibility, of course, that you know, David used these various trials, uh, I'm sorry, the Lord used these various trials uh, to uh, correct David and to teach him to stay close to him. Don't, don't look back into the world. Uh, don't look back into the world, as, as Fanny Crosby uh, might say, but look to the Lord and stay close to him. Don't, don't look to fall back into sin. Uh, look to the Lord, hunger and thirst after righteousness, and, and walk closely uh, with the Lord. So I want to go ahead and read this psalm and uh, make a couple of comments, and then we'll, we'll jump in here tonight. And I guess I would only say one more thing before I read it, and maybe a question. I'll ask you a question tonight. Are you despairing about anything? Uh, are you upset tonight about anything? Do you, is, is your heart heavy tonight because of some situation do you find yourself upset are you are you despairing over some trial or some difficulty in your life the fact that god inscripturated david's despair should comfort us tonight i realize that may sound a little bit ironic but uh, what it tells me is that the lord understands the despairing of his people he understands that happens he understands the need to teach us a good biblical response uh, to our despairing at trials. And uh, Again, tonight, I would just say, let's take comfort in the fact that, hey, if God, God put these despairing situations where you, you can see a man's heart and see uh, how the trial and despair affected him and, and know that we're not alone. <laughs> God understands that. 
God understands it. God has an answer for it. I'm reminded again tonight that the word of God is sufficient. Uh, it has the answers uh, for all that we need, for all, all of us who are in Christ, all of us who have repented of sin and turned to Christ for salvation. God has an answer for every need, uh, physical, emotional, and spiritual, and we, we rejoice in that tonight. We, we certainly can and should uh, rejoice in that tonight. Uh, see the psalm title here. We're in Psalm 13 tonight. It's a very short psalm, just six verses, Brother Ray, but I'm going to say again tonight, the Word of God is, uh, it's, what's the word that I used? It, it is rich. <laughs> it is uh, dense in its teaching and, and power, and uh, there is much that can be gained from a short uh, passage of verses, and so we'll praise God for that once again tonight. Uh, here's the title, the, the inspired psalm title of Psalm 13 says this, To the Chief Musician, a Psalm of David. Uh, so again, we understand tonight David uh, penned these words down under inspiration and provided them to the chief musician at the tabernacle uh, to be used uh, as worship music, worship songs or psalms. And uh, verse 1 says this, How long wilt thou forget me? So David is despairing here. He says, How long wilt thou forget me? He's praying, O Lord, forever? He says, How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? Verse 2, he continues, How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? David continues to pray. He says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Now, Brother Ray, you can see that things are already beginning to turn around here. David's despairing in the first two verses, and uh, as he uh, takes his attention uh, off of the difficulty and how he feels about it and uh, turns his attention really to the Lord as his helper, uh, things are beginning to change already. Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. David understood that uh, if he didn't cry out to God and if God did not uh, was not faithful to help him, there might be real serious consequences, uh, including death. He felt like he was about to die. Maybe he was about to die. Verse 4, he says, Lest mine enemies say, uh, I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. David was concerned that if God did not help him and uh, rescue him from his situation, that his enemies would have a victory, that David might die and that they would rejoice at the uh, victory they had over God's man. David didn't want that. He didn't want it for himself or for God, certainly. Uh, and so he, he makes his case to the Lord here, uh, if you will. Look at verse 5. He says, God, I have trusted in thy mercy. He says, my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. God, you're a God who saves people spiritually, but you're able to rescue them practically uh, from difficult situations. And so in verse 6, as he's um, re-pledged his trust in God and God's mercy, he says, I will sing. He's going to worship the Lord for that. Uh, I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt, dealt, he hath dealt bountifully with me. Uh, so tonight we see here David's despair, uh, his devotion, and then finally his delight in the Lord. 
uh, David's despair, his devotion, and his delight. Let's, let's stop there and pray, please. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you, Lord, for these six short verses. Father, I thank you tonight for the privilege we have once again to peek into David's life. Lord, to see, <laughs> to be reminded tonight that you understand the despair of your people. You have full knowledge of it. You know what that means, how we feel uh, when we experience difficulties, trials, and so forth. Lord, you also show us in the span of just six verses here how despair can be turned to delight when your people will turn their eyes to you in prayerful devotion. Lord, it's a simple, simple uh, formula tonight. I pray that we can get a hold of this and make it our practice. When we've allowed ourselves to despair in response to difficulties, Lord, help us, help us as David did to turn his eyes to you, uh, to turn in prayerful devotion to you uh, and to find his despair uh, crowded out and replaced with delight. Father, I thank you tonight that your people can rejoice in you and know joy in you when we simply take our eyes off of difficulties and turn to you for comfort. God, you know tonight that we often do need comfort. Lord, uh, no doubt there's, there's someone uh, listening to this message tonight who really does need your comfort, not just something we say, but something that is really true tonight. And so, Lord, I pray tonight for that person or those persons that they would uh, find comfort in knowing that uh, people before David and David's time and uh, throughout all of time, including this day, this time, uh, we find ourselves despairing. But Lord, you're there to comfort and to turn our despair into delight in you. And so, Father, I pray tonight that um, you teach us um, this, this formula. Lord, I don't want to be overly mathematical about it, but it is a, it is a simple thing tonight, and I pray that um, we would take this up and apply it to our lives, make it our practice when we are suffering. Lord, I, I, I thank you tonight for your help. I pray this message would be a help uh, for your honor and for your glory. Father, I love you. I thank you. I, I pray that you'll work here now in this, just these next few minutes. We pray this in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. David's despair first, uh, followed by his prayerful devotion, uh, and then his despair turning uh, to delight. Look with me back here uh, in verse 1, please. Here we see David despairing. Brother Ray, again, I don't know exactly what the context is. We, we know from uh, the balance of the Old Testament, there were various trials uh, in, in David's life and in his history, and uh, this could be uh, a response to any number of them, any, any one of them. Uh, he says uh, in the second part of verse 1, right after the, the title there, well, in your Bible, verse 1 probably begins this way, um, David asks four times, how long, how long? God, how long will this go on? Uh, God, I, I feel like this trial is never going to end. <laughs> you ever feel that way? Uh, we, we're, we've been dealing with the trial of COVID-19 for, uh, well, coming up on a year now. And it's starting to feel like it will never end. It will end. Uh, it will end. Uh, one day, those of us who know Christ as Savior will know a world uh, without affliction. 
uh, without trials and difficulties. That's our certain hope tonight. Rejoice at that. Uh, there's all kinds. You, you may have financial trials that feel like they're never going to end. They are going to end. Uh, you may have other physical difficulties, uh, whatever it is, family uh, challenges tonight. Uh, sometimes it feels like the trial is never going to end. I promise you tonight it is going to end at some point. God may allow it to go on for a long time. I, I try to bear in mind God allowed Job, <laughs> a man who was spiritually mature and righteous in God's eyes, to experience a severe trial that was a prolonged trial. God had purposes for that. Uh, they didn't necessarily even involve Job, but God used that trial in Job's life to teach us great spiritual truths. I'm thankful for that. Uh, today, I'm sure that Job counts it a privilege to have been used of God that way, but when he was in the thick of it, I'm sure it felt like his trial was never going to end. God knows that, and so he inscripturates David's uh, uh, despair here. How long? How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? Uh, he felt like God just wasn't present. Now, these are feelings that are being uh, shown here through words. Uh, this is how David felt. And again, I'll say tonight that God puts these words here to show us that he understands how we feel sometimes. Sometimes in the depth of despair, in the valley of despair, uh, we feel like the Lord has forgotten us. Brother Ray, has God ever forgotten you? Does it ever feel that way? Sure, it feels that way sometimes, but we know from the word of God and so that we know in our, in our minds and we have to kind of remind our hearts, push it down into hearts. If it feels like God's forgotten us, understand that's, that feeling is a lie. <laughs> Feelings do lie to us at times. David, David despairingly felt, cried out, uh, how long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? It felt like that. God understands that. How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? Uh, God, are you present? Uh, it seems like you've forgotten me. Uh, Lord, it seems like, it feels like you're not present. And so he says in verse 2, uh, he cries out, How long shall I take counsel in my soul? Uh, how, how long am I going to have to rely upon myself? Once you see something here and consider this, if you allow yourself uh, to feel like God has forgotten you and that he is not present, uh, you will turn inward. You're, you, will, you will focus yourself uh, inward upon yourself. You will more and more focus on your feelings uh, and that will supercharge your despair if you'll allow it to, uh, rather than focusing, keeping your focus on God and prayerfully taking your concern, your trial to him. Uh, if, you if you allow yourself to feel like God is absent, that he's forgotten you and therefore he's absent, uh, you will. You, you will turn your focus increasingly more onto yourself and continue to spiral down the drain. That's how that goes. David said, how long shall I take counsel in my soul? How long do I have to look to myself to be my own savior, my own help? I believe this is the idea here. Having sorrow in my heart. When? He says daily. <laughs> daily. He felt like there was no escape from this. His, his daily experience now is sorrow. He says, how long shall my enemy be exalted over me? How long, how long, how long, how long? God, it feels like this trial is going on forever. 
I want you, I want you to consider this tonight. Um, no doubt there was a real trial. No doubt there was a real trial. Um, but I would, I would suggest tonight that David's, uh, his cry uh, at this point, his despair, strongly suggests that the real trial became a, a, a really bigger trial um, when he did not initially cry out to the Lord for help, but rather just wallowed in despair. I, I don't know for sure, but I, I suspect that that is implied uh, by these two verses. There was a real trial, but it was a trial that was compounded by his initial response. I don't think David woke up one day and found himself in the place that um, verses 1 and 2 imply. Maybe he did, but I, I think that's unlikely. I think that's unlikely. I think it probably took some time to get to that place uh, spiritually and emotionally. Uh, and so I think there's a warning here that's at least implied. Uh, when, when you're in the midst of a trial, uh, don't wait. <laughs> don't wait to take it to the Lord. Don't wait to get into God's words. Don't wait to begin praying. Uh, there, <laughs> when, when there's a difficulty, um, treat it like it's an emergency. Uh, treat, treat it like it's an emergency, uh, a spiritual emergency. Be urgent when there's a trial, when God's allowing a trial to, to take it to him. Don't, don't wait to start kind of spiraling down the drain because you're just going to handle it yourself. These first two verses here, I believe, are a warning. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Take it to God. Take it to God. Take it to God. Uh, don't wait because your situation can be greatly uh, worsened if our response is not what it should be. Uh, I believe that's at least implied here. The, the real situation became really much worse as David did not immediately uh, take it to the Lord. Uh, Lord, help us to be quick to come to you. Uh, help us to realize quickly that we don't have what we need apart from you. Uh, and think about this. If, if you believe God's at work in every trial, that God's, God's working to grow us spiritually, why would we not uh, go to him the minute we see a trial? God, I know you're working. Give me a right response to this trial. Uh, Lord, give me wisdom to see what you're trying to teach me. Help me not to despair, but to rejoice, as the Lord teaches in James 1. Count it all joy in the midst of those manifold temptations or trials. God, give me a heart to rejoice knowing that you're at work. Do not allow me to despair any more than absolutely necessary. But to rejoice, God, you give me grace to get through this trial, knowing that you'll be present with me every step of the way. Uh, Lord, help me not to spiral downward in a, uh, just a spiral of emotional and spiritual despair. Boy, if, if you'll get right on that when the trial first presents itself, uh, if, if you'll start praying and asking God to work, I don't think you're going to find yourself in the place that David is in here in verse 1 uh, and verse 2. I believe you would agree that it would at least be less likely that you would find yourself in that place, uh, which is not to say that the situation that we're facing uh, is, is not serious. Listen, I'll bet uh, 
all of us in this room and all of us in our church, Brother Ray, uh, we have serious challenges. We have serious trials, all of us, right? Um, they're real. They're real. But we don't have to spiral down the drain spiritually and emotionally because of that. God is there uh, to help us. And so next we see David crying out to the Lord for help. I'm thankful tonight that, you know, the Lord will let us kind of begin to spiral down the drain a little bit to cause us, I believe, to realize that, hey, you know what? I've forgotten to take this to the Lord. I, I would do well uh, to get with God to, to ask him, to prayerfully ask him, uh, for help. And so uh, we see here, I believe God using the situation uh, to remind David, hey, you, you need the Lord. You, you better get into the business of some uh, prayerful devotion. This is his response to the place that he's found himself in, a trial, followed by probably initially uh, a less than ideal response to the trial. God's used that to wake David up and to encourage some prayerful devotion. Uh, if you find yourself despairing, uh, some prayerful devotion is, is going to be the best medicine. Uh, see here in verse 3, David asked the Lord to hear him uh, and to help him. Uh, consider, verse 3, and hear me, he says, O Lord my God. Is the Lord your God too? Isn't that neat it's tonight to think about that? The same God that David had is, is God that we have. Isn't that something? The same God that worked in David's life, the same God that David cried out to um, and ultimately penned down these prayers and God's response, the same God that we cry out to, the very same God, uh, the very same God. He cries out, he, he prays, consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. David's God and my God, they're the same God. Praise God. He says, lighten mine eyes. That's poetic language. Uh, there's a heaviness in his spirit, in his eyes, in his heart, in his mind. There's a heaviness. He cries out to the Lord, consider, Lord, hear me, please. Uh, oh, Lord, my God, Lord, you're my God. Hear my cry, please. Lighten my eyes. Lord, would you lighten my load? Um, you know what? You can pray that too. Lord, uh, I've got a heavy burden. I've got a heavy load. Um, I've got more than I can handle by myself. Lord, would you, would you lighten mine eyes? Would you, would you lighten my load? Would you uh, take some of the load and, and, and bear it with me? Uh, of course, God does. He loves that prayer, uh, and of course, he does. Um, you don't have to turn there, but back in Psalm 9, we saw this not that long ago. David is the same one who prayed, Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble. God, have mercy on me. Uh, God... Uh, withhold from me that which I deserve. It's not grace, it's mercy. God, withhold from me that which I deserve. Um, o Lord, consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me, thou that liftest, liftest me up from the gates of death. That could be the same situation, or it could be another one, but um, David understood that God is a gracious God and he's a merciful God, and so he's cried out more than once. He's learned to cry out in various trials. Uh, God, hear me. God, have mercy. God, consider my trouble. Uh, see my situation. God, you intercede supernaturally uh, the way that I cannot. And uh, David cried out for help. God, hear me. Uh, help me. Uh, you know, that's, 
a habit that if you have not yet formed, you do well to form. Uh, trial. <laughs> when there's a trial, then pray, God help me. God teach me. God comfort me. God help me. When there's a trial, if trial, then pray. Amen? Lord, burn that into our minds. Burn that into our hearts. If trial, then pray. <laughs> Else suffer uh, suffer, uh, what's our first D word? Despair. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how it works. Lord, help us to get a hold of that. Uh, David asks uh, in the next part of verse 3 uh, for God's help, uh, in part at least, because he understood that without the Lord's help, uh, he's he probably going to suffer greatly, and not just spiritually, not just emotionally, but uh, there might be a real physical suffering and perhaps the ultimate physical consequence of, of being killed if God did step in, intercede, uh, and help him. He might die. And that's part of verse 3. He says, lest uh, I sleep the sleep of death. He says, God, I need you tonight. I'm, I'm despairing. And uh, I, I, I have a practical need for your help too, Lord, because uh, I'm, I'm concerned tonight if, if, you don't, if you don't intercede and protect me from my enemy. I'm, I'm concerned, Lord, that I might die. I might sleep the sleep of death. God, I'm also concerned that uh, if that happens, you know what? My, my enemies are going to rejoice. They're going to rejoice that they got to God's, the Lord's man, uh, and they took him out. God, I don't want to see my enemies rejoicing uh, at the defeat of, of me, your man. God, I want to rejoice when you've helped me. We'll see that that's exactly where David lands here uh, in a moment. But uh, David understood that uh, he needed to cry out to God because he needed God to work, and if he didn't, there would be potentially great consequences, uh, great consequences. Listen, I, I think this verse, uh, verse 3 and 4, lest my enemies say I prevail against him, those probably rejoice when I move. I think verses 3 and 4 illustrate a very important truth that we, I mean, listen, it's the simplest thing, but we really need to get a hold of it. When we don't pray and cry out for God's help in the midst of a trial, uh, there can be great consequences. Uh, they could be spiritual and emotional consequences. Um, they could, there could be physical consequences. God, I'm sick, heal me. God still does that. Brother Ray, does God still do that? God still does. He still heals. Understand we're not going around laying hands on people and demanding God uh, heal in every case. Uh, like we saw Peter and John do this morning uh, in Acts chapter 3 in Sunday school. If you didn't watch, please do that. Uh, if you're not able to be here at church, please do join us online. And if you miss a Sunday school or a Wednesday night, go on back during the week, please, and avail yourself of, of the teaching and preaching of your church. Please, uh, please don't miss out on these things. Uh, I want to see us going forward as a church as we're teaching and preaching through God's words together, and I don't want to see you miss out. So if you're not able to be here for whatever reason, please, I implore you, uh, even if you can't join us live, go back to the YouTube channel and spend time this week. You can, you can use some of these messages that you've missed in, in your devotion. Just fire it up on your computer and pray and uh, jump in and avail yourself of that. And you know, stay caught up with your church. Don't, don't miss out on the teaching uh, of your church. Brother Ray, with all the technology we have now, there's, there's no reason to miss out. There's no reason to miss out. And so uh, I beg you not to do that. Uh, David understands that he needs God. 
and he needs God to intercede and that there's going to be consequences if he doesn't pray and if God doesn't intercede, there could be great consequences. Let's get a hold of that tonight. There'd be great consequences if we're facing a trial, we don't cry out to God, uh, and he doesn't intercede. There could be great consequences. Brother Ray, does prayer change things? Does prayer, it certainly does. Zach, does prayer change things? It certainly does. Uh, prayer most certainly changes things. And uh, if we don't pray, uh, sometimes we don't see the change uh, that we need to see, that, that we desire for our help and for God's honoring and for his glory. Uh, Lord, teach us, uh, if trial, then pray, asking for God's help, lest we suffer consequences that we did not need to suffer because we didn't pray. Uh, David continues in his prayer here, and uh, he avows that he has trusted uh, in God's mercy. Uh, he, he has placed his faith in his Lord. It is God the Lord, and he is trusting uh, in God and what he knows about God. He's, he's known God in his life to be a merciful God. Uh, God has uh, at times withheld correction that David deserved, no doubt, in, in the context here, maybe there's some correction that David needed. I don't know. Only God and David know. Uh, I don't know. But God does know. Um, but, but David is, is placing his faith and trust in his God, the Lord, who he knows intellectually, biblically, and by experience to be a merciful God. Brother Ray, are you glad tonight that we have a merciful God? <laughs> He so often withholds uh, the punishment, the correction that, that we deserve. He's a just God. Well, he's able to do that because our, our sins are covered by the blood of Christ, you understand. Uh, I know God allows us to experience correction when he knows what is needed to correct us. He's a loving father. He does not withhold correction. Uh, very often, God is merciful, though. He he will either withhold correction or withhold the severity of correction that, uh, honestly, we do deserve. Look at verse 5. David says, but, but, uh, God, I have trusted in thy mercy. Uh, <laughs> David says uh, that he might die, that his enemies might prevail against him. Uh, he understands that unless God will help. Uh, and so he's putting his confidence in the fact that he has a merciful God, a merciful God who will, uh, David could reasonably count on his God to protect him, to intercede, to protect him from uh, dying at the hands of his enemy, whomever it is, and permitting his enemy the chance, the opportunity to rejoice uh, and to celebrate the death of David, God's man. Uh, David says, you know what, God, you're a merciful God. I believe you will intercede graciously and that you will do that mercifully. Uh, and David says he is trusting in God's mercy. I want to ask you tonight, do you trust in God's mercy? Uh, do you trust in his mercy? Uh, his justice is already satisfied, as I've said tonight, by the blood of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, God is able to be merciful toward us because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son. Can you, tr as a Christian tonight, as one who has been saved by grace through faith, can you trust 
in God's mercy? That's the question. Do you trust in God's mercy? He's the same merciful God uh, tonight that he was in David's day. David was able to trust in God's mercy. Understand God will sometimes allow trial to continue on, uh, as had been the case for David, evidently. Felt like it would never end. How long? How long? How long? How long? But David also knew that in the end, God is merciful uh, and that trials do end. Do you have that same hope tonight? As a believer, you should. God may allow trials to go on for a time, but he's a merciful God who ultimately ends trials. Let me share a couple verses with you. Uh, write down the cross references, please. In Psalm 32 and verse 10, David uh, says, Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Uh, trust in the Lord and know God's mercy. Uh, in Psalm 33 and verse 18, I don't think the, the writer, the penman of that psalm was identified, but it's God's words. Uh, the psalmist says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. God, help me to hope tonight in your mercy. I understand Old Testament here, and David's an Old Testament man, but God hasn't changed. He's, he's still merciful, and part of our hope as believers, Brother Ray, is God's mercy. We've known his grace. A part of our hope as believers is his mercy. Lord, help us to trust uh, in your mercy. Let me share one more verse along these lines. In Psalm 36 and verse 7, David prays, uh, this is a wonderful verse, he prays, how excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. <laughs> I therefore, uh, I, let me try that again. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Um, praise God. Uh, praise God. We, the children of men, put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Are you trusting God tonight for all that you need? He is a God that meets all of our actual needs. He's a gracious God. Uh, he's a gracious God. He gives us what we do not deserve. And he's a merciful God. Uh, very often he withholds that which we do deserve. Uh, and so here we see tonight uh, David's prayerful devotion. He's kind of going down the drains spiritually and emotionally. But then he gets busy praying. Uh, he, he gets down on his knees, and there's a wonderful, prayerful devotion. And in response to this, the effect of this prayerful devotion that has followed despair is a wonderful delight. Please see David's delight now in the uh, next part of, of verse 5. Uh, so uh, we saw the first part of verse 5, but I have trusted in thy mercy. Okay. What's the effect of that in David's heart? What's the effect of that? See, the uh, second part of verse 5, he says, My heart shall what? What does it say, guys? What does it say? My heart shall what? Rejoice. He says, but my heart's going to rejoice in thy salvation. He says, God, uh, I trust that you're a merciful God. I've known you to be a merciful God. I know that you are a merciful God. And I've cried out to you prayerfully. Uh, I, I've, I've devoted myself in prayer to you, to th in this prayer. A and God, I, my heart 
My heart now shall rejoice in thy salvation. You know, David might be saying, God, if you'll save me from this situation, my heart will rejoice. But I think there's more than that here, Brother Ray. I think there's a, there's a, a humble expectation that a merciful God will rescue him from the situation. And so that's faith, right? That, that's faith. David is exercising faith that God is going to intercede and rescue him and turn around the situation that has resulted in his despair uh, and, and turn that to delight. And David says, you know what? I have that kind of faith in my God, the Lord, and his mercy. And so he says, my heart shall rejoice. Huh, I'm just going to rejoice. Uh, I'm not going to worry that my enemies are going to prevail against me and, and rejoice and celebrate uh, as, as we saw David's concern was. He's just going to start rejoicing um, in the Lord's salvation. He expects God to intercede, um, not in an inappropriate way, not in a demanding way, but in a faithful way. He's expecting God to step into his trial and meet his needs. And by the way, we can still expect that tonight, right? We can expect God to step into a trial uh, and meet our needs. He may not end the trial immediately, but he will be there with grace and mercy, uh, never leaving us nor forsaking us with grace that is sufficient uh, to get us through the trial until we've learned what God intends to teach us in that trial. Uh, David is wonderfully confident in, in that idea and so there is rejoicing. Uh, there is delight now beginning to crowd out despair. Uh, delight, rejoicing uh, is, filling, is flowing into that place that had been occupied uh, by despair in David's heart. I'll share a couple, just two cross-references with you. In Psalm 31 and verse 7, uh, David says, I will be glad and rejoice. He's praying. Lord, I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversities. Uh, in Psalm 33 and verse 21, the psalmist writes, For our heart shall rejoice in him. Who's the him? Well, you know it must be the Lord. Our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. You turn to the Lord and you cry out for help and you exercise a confident, faithful trust in the God who's been revealed to you in Scripture, uh, you can rejoice. There's a biblical mandate for rejoicing. Uh, and listen, there's not only a biblical mandate for that, but there's the help of God to do that, right? Uh, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we're commanded to rejoice, of course, but the Lord enables what he commands. The Lord makes possible uh, what he commands. Uh, sometimes he, he will not do that until we've done our part, turning to him, repenting if that's needed, uh, but turning to him and trusting him uh, in response to David's wonderful, confident trusting in God's mercy, remembering God's mercy, when at first he thought God had forgotten him. Very interesting, right? Uh, he's, he's taken his mind off of that thought, remembering God's mercy and trusting in God's mercy. And pretty quickly, pretty immediately in David's case, uh, he begins to experience rejoicing. This is the result of his trust in God, 
uh, in God's mercy. Now, um, his despair has been replaced with delight. Uh, prayerful devotion was what changed the equation. There was despair. Uh, David um, uh, took time to prayerfully devote himself to the Lord, to consider truths that he knew and, and, knew and to pray. Uh, and God is now blessing him by turning his despair uh, to delight. Is that a blessing, guys? Is, is that a blessing? I believe that's a blessing for David's uh, right heart here, his right prayer. All, all of that is right choice in the Lord. Uh, it's a blessing. And when God has blessed you, <laughs> when God has turned your despair to delight, what would be a good response on our part? Guys, do you have a, there's only two of you here, so somebody needs to give an answer, okay? What would be... Uh, what would be, only two here because we're closed, right? <laughs> we're online only tonight. Uh, I got the song leader and the sound guy. Praise God. I got the song leader and the sound guy. Praise God. Uh, what would be a right response when God has blessed in uh, exchanging despair for delight? What would be a right response? What would be a right response? Any thoughts? Praise. Yeah, Praise. And praise is uh, an example or a component of worship. I agree, Mr. Song Leader. I agree with you. Uh, and so uh, we see here's biblical, that's biblical answer. How do I know that? Well, look at verse 6 and we're done. Uh, David worshiped the Lord. He had been despairing. He got uh, busy doing business with God, prayerful devotion. God's replaced his despair with delight. Uh, David is rejoicing and delighting in God, and in response to that, he just worships the Lord. Uh, how does he do that in verse 6, song? Uh, verse 6, he says, I will sing. His heart has been changed here. This doesn't sound like a man who's despairing anymore, Brother Ray. He says, I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. When you come into this building on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, come with the heart to sing, please. I don't care if you can't carry a tune. I can't either. If I couldn't press a key in the piano and, and be confident that if, if, if I press the right key, it's going to produce the right note. I couldn't play an instrument, honestly. Uh, I can't sing in tune. Maybe you can't either. But come and sing uh, and praise the Lord and worship him in song. Uh, come in on Wednesday night, please be here, uh, and, and come in thinking about what God has done for you this week. Pastor, God hasn't done much for me this week. Oh, yes, he has. <laughs> yes, he has met your needs. And uh, if you've been staying close to him and uh, doing your devotions and you've been in the word of God and uh, you've been praying, God's been working. <laughs> God's been working. Uh, and you have much to worship him for, to praise him for. Dave said, I will sing unto the Lord uh, because he hath dealt with me. Oh, I left a word out. He hath dealt bountifully uh, with me. God has, God has provided for me in a great way, uh, in a bountiful way. Uh, God has stepped in. No, no doubt David was trusting God would intercede in the practical situation, whatever it is. But David's rejoicing immediately because his despair has been turned to delight. I don't know if his practical situation changed immediately, but God has changed his despair to delight in response to his prayerful devotion to the Lord. Uh, listen, 
I'm not saying tonight, and I want to take care uh, to be clear, um, if trial, then pray. We didn't do that. But that doesn't mean the trial will end immediately. What it does mean is that your response to the trial can change immediately. Because God will, God will work in response to our right response. He will bless you with rejoicing, joy, delighting, uh, if you will turn to him and cry out to him for that. God, help me to rejoice in this trial, knowing that you are at work. God, comfort me. God, I pray that you teach me whatever you need me to learn. Grow me. Grow my reliance upon you. God, if you'll allow this trial to continue for any period of time, it may already feel like it's been forever. Uh, you may be crying out, how long, how long, how long, how long? Uh, if God allows it to continue that much longer, you can still delight, <laughs> trusting God uh, to work and to provide for you and to grow you and to make possible your rejoicing where you were despairing before and to make possible rejoicing, delighting, even in the face of an ongoing trial. Boy, how much better would that be for you? And how much more honor and glory would that bring our Lord? And just how much better would that be in every way? Lord, help us. Uh, Lord, help us. David would rejoice and delight because God has blessed him with rejoicing and joy and delighting uh, as he has prayerfully devoted himself to consider who God is and what God is like. And uh, he's, he's been reminded that he should just trust the Lord. I give you several quick cross-references here, and we are done. In Psalm 9 and verse 1, this is a psalm of David also. We said that earlier, I believe. David's prayed, he says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. He can do that no matter what's happening in your life. You do well to do that, especially if there's great trials in your life. Sing praises to the Lord. Call him uh, the most high. God, you are the most high. You know what is right. You know what I need in my life right now. In Psalm 68, in verse 1, this is the Psalm of David also. He, he prays, he writes, Let God arise. Uh, let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away as wax melteth before the fire. So let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Jah, that's a short form of Jehovah, the Lord, and rejoice before him. Sing and rejoice. Put your trust in the Lord and his mercy, knowing that trials will end eventually, uh, and just begin to rejoice, sing, praise him for working in our lives. Psalm 71 and verse 23, the psalmist says, my lips shall rejoice greatly, let me try again. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee 
and my soul which thou hast redeemed. Amen. One more verse, Psalm 98 and verse 4. Uh, the Bible here commands, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. You know, sometimes you just need to start doing that. <laughs> just be faithful to praise the Lord, to sing, to worship Him uh, with a wonderful, confident faith in Him. Let God bless you with delight in Him, with rejoicing, with joy. Let God bless you with that. Yes, take the concerns uh, regarding the trial. Take your needs. Take how you feel to the Lord. Uh, ask him to help you trust in his mercy uh, and begin to rejoice. Allow the Lord to crowd out the despairing and to replace it with rejoicing. Brother Ray, is that a biblical idea? I think we see it in just six verses. I praise God tonight for the simplicity of that. And I praise God tonight for being a God who can accomplish that in my life. Let's stop there and pray. Father, I thank you so much tonight for these six short verses. It's a simple thing, Lord. Lord, I don't pretend tonight that trials are simple or easy. Sometimes they are just incredibly difficult. Lord, I pray tonight for anyone who's worried, uh, fearing tonight, um, that take those things, uh, specific things, Lord, and, and make them known to you in prayer. And thank you that they can. And Lord, that you bless with peace. Lord, I know the trial may still be there, and so we ask tonight that uh, you would meet each need and that uh, each person would um, trust you to do that. Uh, Lord, that we trust you also that you are a merciful God. You, you do end trials eventually. Uh, you're a God of great mercy, great grace, and great mercy. And God, I thank you tonight for that. Lord, please help us to make a habit. Give us grace. Remind us to make this habit when there's trials to cry out to you in humble, devoted prayer. And Lord, I pray tonight as we do that, that you'll bless us, turning our despair to delight. Lord, um, worshiping you, worshiping you for being a God who does just that. Lord, I pray tonight that as you bless with joy, with delight, that we take care to give you the credit for that in our own hearts, but also... Uh, testifying to others that you are the God who makes this possible. Uh, Lord, that you would receive honor and glory for working as you do. Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you tonight. Lord, I thank you for Savior tonight, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that anyone that would repent of sin, turning from it and turning to Christ, placing their faith in him and the blood that he shed upon the cross to cover our sins, Lord, they're, they're forgiven they don't have to worry about hell. They have access to you, Lord, through Christ uh, and the wonderful privilege and command to pray, uh, to pray in response to trials and to know your blessings uh, for obedience to do just that. Father, I love you tonight, and I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege to serve you in this church uh, I thank you for the privilege to serve my brothers and sisters in Christ, my church family. Uh, Lord, I, I'm sure I don't do that as well as I can, but I thank you for the privilege and, and ask your help to be the best pastor that I can be uh, for this church. Lord, help us to be the best uh, church family that we can be for each other. Lord, looking to you for grace, for strength, for instruction um, in your words. 
Father, to serve you, to love you, <laughs> to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Lord, serve each other. Give us hearts, Father, for you and for each other. Lord, work here. Grow us for your honor, for your glory. Father, I thank you. I praise you. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Zaxon, come and lead us in a final song. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be here Wednesday night for in-person service at 7 o'clock. Uh, ask you to please, if you can, be here. We're going to keep uh, practicing all of our safety measures. Uh, if God give you peace about coming, pray. Lord, give me peace if you'd have me to be there. And uh, just trust God for that peace. And you come out on Wednesday night, please. Uh, all right, Zach, you come. Thank you. All right, for our last song, it'll be number 530, Work for the Night is Coming. We'll sing the first and the last verse. <laughs> Work for the night is coming, work through the morning hours. Work while the dew is sparkling, work mid-springing flowers. Work while the day grows brighter, work in the glowing sun. Work for the night is coming, when man's work is done. Work for the night is coming Under the sunset skies While the bright tents are glowing Work for daylight flies Work till the last beam fadeth Fadeth to shine no more Work while the night is darkening When man's work is o'er Dear Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you again for the opportunity uh, to be here this evening. I pray that we would apply what we've learned and that it would glorify you in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.